chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, this morning in our Bibles. Hasn't it been good to be together and to sing these songs together and ponder these words and listen to the music that we just did? It's wonderful. What a blessing. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be at this morning. And I want to ask you a question in the time that we have, and that question is this. What is the priority of your life? If you were to answer that question, what would you say? What is what is your priority in life? It's a good question. It's something the Bible actually speaks about. Uh, a priority to the word priority has the word prior in it, which means to come before, to proceed, to precede, I should say. Um, in other words, what is at the what is the focal point? What is it that you focus on? What it, what is it in your life that is your priority? You know, something has to come first in your life. Everything can't be first. And uh, we'll answer that question. We'll see. We'll we'll consider the idea of priorities this morning. Look look at our text, Luke chapter ten. Familiar text, beginning in verse 38. I'll read down through verse 42. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. The word receive means to embrace or to entertain as a guest. So this is a good friend, like when you have a good friend come over and you're so happy to see that person. Come in, come in, have a seat, kind of get you something very hospitable, this woman, Martha. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. There are many people in our world today who are cumbered about with many things. There are many people in our world today who are troubled about a great many things. And there's one thing that is needful. One thing that is needful. And this one thing must be our priority. Let's pray. Father, bless us now by your word. We don't deserve that you would speak to us by your spirit, but you have given yourself to us by your spirit. He lives within us. You live within us. And Father, I pray now that he would take his sword, the word of God, I pray that he'd bring conviction. I pray that he'd bring healing. I pray that he'd bring comfort. Lord, give us clarity through your word by your spirit. And I will thank you and praise you for it. Lord, bless these people that gather on this Sunday morning to hear your word. And uh, Father, I pray that 
they would reap exceedingly beyond what they can ask or think because of their investment in your word. Father, may it become, may it be who we are, may it be our character, may it be our priority, your word. Father, I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So what is the priority of your life? That's the question, right? A priority is something that comes before everything else. It precedes, it precedes everything else in life. And so again, what is your priority? What is the priority of your life? The average guy in the street might have a lot of different answers to that question. But a Christian should have only one answer. A Christian, a Christ follower, a follower of Christ should only have one answer to that question. Let me give you a little bit of a background to this passage in Luke chapter 10, where we find ourselves. We're really at the beginning point of the last six months of Jesus' life here on earth. That's where we're at when Jesus comes to visit Mary and Martha, and Martha runs out to greet him and is so happy to see him. He only has about six months yet to live. He's no longer stationed in Galilee at this point. Jesus was traveling, doing quite a bit of traveling. He'd been in Judea and Perea, and he's going from town to town and village to village. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus was proclaiming who he was. He hadn't always done that, and so this was unique. And he was proclaiming who he was. He even sent disciples ahead of his arrival. Look back in chapter 10 in verse 1. Chapter 10 of Luke in verse 1. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. So he has these 70 disciples, these 70 followers of himself, 35 uh, teams broken up in pairs of two and they would go from town and to the next village before Jesus would come and they would they would announce that Jesus was going to be coming and uh, Jesus had a name for all the mir- many miracles that he had done and sometimes these disciples of Jesus were well received and other times they were completely rejected and sometimes people took them in and believed their message And sometimes those people, all the time, those people who believed their message were wonderfully rescued from the kingdom of darkness and other times from demonic power. And sometimes people rejected them. Jesus' teaching dominated the last six months of his life. As he prepared his apostles and his disciples to love God and to serve God, and to obey God, and to evangelize the world, and to be filled with the Spirit, and to have joy in the midst of trials. And how did he prepare his followers for all of these things that they needed to do, and the things that they needed to be on guard for and protected from? Well, he he prepared them, he equipped them by the words of his mouth. He equipped them by his words. From Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 through chapter 19, Jesus' miracles, frankly, are given a back seat during this time in his life. But his teaching was emphasized. His teaching came to the forefront. And what is the number one priority of our lives? What would it be? Not two. I didn't ask for, well, uh, two priorities. I have two. You can't have two priorities. You can only have one. The priority precedes everything else. 
not three. You can't have three. And I imagine right now you're, you might be sorting. I hope you are. I hope you're sorting through what is the priority of my life? Is it my family? And certainly a family, your family ought to be near the top, right? Is it the church? Um, what's, what, what's the priority? What, what comes first? Is it my job? I mean, we all, we who God has given us employment, we have responsibility to, to do the best that we possibly can do so that our employer will do well and that God will be glorified. What about loving the Lord? I mean, that shouldn't that be a priority? We're commanded to do that. There are many things in the Bible that we're commanded to do, though. So which one of those commands is the priority? How about witnessing and giving the gospel? And many might say that. Well, that is the priority of my life. But other people, that I would be a good witness uh, 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 to the world of what Christ has done in my life, that they, too, might taste of the salvation of God and be saved from death and hell to come, certainly that should be near the top, right? Maybe even some would say number one, but but it's not what comes first. It's not what should come first. I'm not talking about priorities, plural. I'm talking about priority. What is the priority? There's only one of them. We find this simplification in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. In the life of David in Psalm 27, in verse 4, David, the psalmist, filled with the Spirit of God, writes this. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing. In the New Testament, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, we, we also find the Apostle Paul with a single goal. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ boiled it down to one in the text that we're looking at in Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. The beginning part, he says this, one thing is needful. Martha, you're doing a lot of things. You got a lot of irons in the fire. You're troubled. You're cumbered about. You are serving. You're doing a lot of things. But Martha, one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen to the things which are before. She had chosen the things, the one thing, the to hear the word of God. All throughout the scripture, we're exhorted to hear God's word, to listen to it. That's part of the reason why we gather together like this, to hear the word of God, to obey Jesus' command, to have the right priority. This is why we take time during the week to open up this book. And for some of us, it comes so easy and for others of us, it's a lot more work and we, 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 it takes a lot more effort. We don't have as much education or schooling or, or, or training. Maybe we haven't been a Christian. We haven't been saved for as long as others. We don't have as much background or context to the word of God. And yet you take time, some of you, and I encourage you to do this every day to open the word of God. Why? Because God 
made it the priority. And we're exhorted to receive it in James and to obey it and to teach it and to live the word of God. In the Old Testament, in Proverbs 6 and verse 23, the Bible says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. They are the way of life. They are life-giving. And this is why they are the priority. I love Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. Listen to this. This is amazing to me. And he humbled thee, God says, and suffered thee to hunger, speaking about the nation of Israel, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. You didn't want to know it. You didn't want to eat it anymore. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. I'll summarize that verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and verse 3. God says this, that he caused the nation of Israel to suffer. And he brought them through hard times. And he provided them with manna, which he knew wouldn't satisfy them so that they would know and that all of us would know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ reiterates this in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus answered him saying, and he quotes from Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see, the single priority for all Christians is to hear the revealed word of God because it is prior to every other spiritual duty. God wants people to believe upon him. Yes, but there is no believing without hearing the word of God. God wants people to love him with their heart, with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind, all their might. Yes, but there is no loving God without hearing his word. But God wants me to be the to be a, a salt, salt and light in this day, to be a godly husband or to be a godly wife or to be a godly young person, to fear the Lord. Yes, but there is no fearing the Lord or being godly without hearing the word of God. You see, his word, hearing it and receiving it, his word is the priority. His word is the priority. And this narrative makes it clear. You see, the word of God precedes faith. The word of God precedes obedience. It precedes serving God. It precedes doing God's will in any way. Hearing and receiving the word of God is the priority. Many of us are cumbered about with many things. We're busy. Many of us are concerned, troubled about many things. Fearful. Sometimes we're confused. We don't know exactly what to do, where to go. And so what is the priority? What, how should we prioritize? What should we do with all of these emotions and all of these opinions? What should we do? Well, keep the word of God the priority. Let's consider a couple of truths this morning in the time that we have. Number one, I noticed that there is a high cost for having wrong priorities. There's a high cost for having wrong priorities. Now, we all have priorities. We do. We all have priorities. 
It was funny yesterday. Beautiful day, wasn't it? Yesterday, supposed to thunderstorm. They never came. I was kind of glad. It was a beautiful day. Got some work done around the house. Um, William came to me about 1130. He's eight now. Just got a Red Ryder BB gun for his birthday. And uh, his, his grandparents got him these safety goggles, you know. And it's a lever action, so he had to, he went and found a cowboy hat and boots. So that's what he goes out and shoots with in the backyard. I mean, it's cute. I'm not going to tell him that because then he might stop doing it. We're just going to let him do it. It's cute. But he came to me about 11.30 yesterday. He came to my office door, you know, shoulder slumped. And it was the look of, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Look. Can I watch a movie downstairs? You know, in a classic Michigan basement, you know, windows this big, just not much there. Can I watch a movie? And I said, no. (laughs) Go outside. You have a dog. You've got a four-wheeler. You've got a gun. (laughs) Go have fun outside. It's a beautiful day. You know, he had... He had the wrong priority in his father's opinion. Can I watch a movie? Um, And you know what? We have priorities. We all do. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. But there is one thing that's needful. There's one thing that ought to be the priority that ought to come before everything else. And there's a high cost for having wrong priorities. Look at verse number 38 in chapter 10 of Luke. Chapter 38 or chapter 10, verse 38 says in verse 38, now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Look down to verse number 40 and 41. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, which means supreme authority, curios, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful or full of care and troubled about many things. I want to stop there. We're going to continue. We'll look at it more and pull this apart. You know, Martha's wrong priority was that she considered something else to be more important than Jesus' words. That was the problem. If I can boil it down and simplify it. The problem wasn't that she was a hard worker. The problem wasn't that she was a servant. Are those good things? Yes or no? Well, yes, they're good good things. We could use more uh, in our world today, people who have a mind to serve others. Uh, More people who who are hard workers and diligent in doing a task for people who are responsible. I mean, these are admirable qualities. These are not bad things. It wasn't a matter of these being wrong things. It was that her priority was wrong. Her priority was wrong. And what did Martha choose over hearing the words of Jesus? What what was it that Martha chose over hearing and listening to the teachings of Jesus? And the answer was serving, something that needed to be done. This is a hard lesson. We're not talking about someone who is negligent, someone who is hiding, someone who is trying to get away from her responsibilities or just get away from Jesus' teaching. That's not what was happening here. We're talking about someone who was very responsible, very giving, very hardworking. And Jesus gently rebukes her because she had 
put those things that were needful or important. I shouldn't use the word needful, but very, very important over the one thing that Jesus said that was needful. The priority. Hospitality is commanded in the Bible. Romans chapter 12 speaks about that. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, we're commanded to show kindness to strangers. In Titus chapter 2, women are to be keepers at home. I mean, that's what the Bible says. I mean, these are important things. This is what Martha was doing. She was doing what God had said, what his word said, what the, what the word of God had taught her and led her to do. And Jesus says, yes, but your devotion is commendable, Martha, but you're missing the priority, what should be prior. And Martha's wrong priority was that she considered something else to be more important than hearing the words of God. So I want to think about some requirements that wrong priorities make on us or put on us. And I see it in the passage. When we have wrong priorities, there are demands that wrong priorities make upon us. And Martha's wrong priority required her to neglect time with Jesus. Her wrong priorities made her, required her, to neglect time or closeness with Jesus. Also, I noticed that Martha's wrong priority required that she not hear the word of God. Wrong priorities come at a cost. They come at a cost. We can't just have wrong priorities in life and not pay for those priorities. They cost us something. Sometimes, and I'll speak about this because I don't know that it even is going to happen, but sometimes we put things like Michigan football ahead of, right? Sometimes we put hunting, or I guess I'm talking about hobbies, and I'm talking about things that I enjoy. There's a lot of things that I enjoy, so I'm not going to tell you all of them. I've been here a long time. I enjoy life. There's a lot of things I enjoy. But but there's a lot of things, and they're good things. They're not sinful things. They're good things. Enjoyable things. But there need to be priorities. Yesterday I was going to mow the lawn, and uh, and the day had kind of come and gone, and it had been a full day, got a lot done. And... um, and I was like, yeah, i got to mow the lawn. And William had been asking me all day, hey, Daddy, can we, can we have a baseball game? And we set up these bases out in the yard. We had, it's been a long time since we've done it. And he's hitting a hardball now, so we can play it with a hardball. Which means that Libby, as a 10-year-old, with her little purple baseball glove, you know, she creeps in on third base, and then William rips a hardball right past her head. Okay, it's a little scary. Um, so we moved her to right field. <laughs> but... Uh, And I said, you know, no, well, I can't. I got to mow the lawn. And and Cindy looked at me and she said, you have time for a baseball game. Just 30 minutes. Well, it turned out to be an hour baseball game, which meant that after that, I got done mowing the lawn at, at as the sun was down. Like, hope I don't run over anybody or anything as I finish the lawn, you know. But it, but there were there was a priority. Is it the lawn that's more important that should be prior, or should I squeeze in a baseball game with my children? You know. And we we're making these decisions every day. And some of them, it's not a matter of I'm going to choose to sin. I'm going to make that the priority over following the Lord. Some, some of these decisions are just, do I play baseball or do I mow the lawn? 
But what is our priority? Requirements. There are requirements that wrong priorities put upon us. Martha couldn't do both at one time. In Luke 11 and verse 28, Jesus said this, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. You see, it really is impossible to keep the word of God if we're not hearing it. Even in my own personal life, even this morning as I sat and we were singing these hymns, I pondered to myself some things that, that God's working in my heart about, that I'm concerned about and I'm burdened for, and, uh, and areas I want to grow in, in my own personal life. I don't want to continue in the way it's been. I want to grow. I want to overcome in these areas. I was pondering to myself, Lord, what is it that I can do? What is it that you want to do in my life? What is it that you've given me that will help me overcome in these areas and grow in discipline in these areas in my life? And I pondered what it would be in the word of God that would help me. He's something he's already provided me with that I need to uncover and by faith accept and believe. Well, only one thing can be given priority. Only one thing can come before the other things, prior to everything else. And Martha had chosen one thing over the other, but it was the wrong choice. Well, there are requirements for wrong priorities. There are also results or consequences for wrong priorities. What can we expect in our lives when we consider other things to be more important than hearing the word of God? And I even think about like tonight at 6 p.m. when hope for today goes out. And we're not in person. I love in person. I don't like preaching to a camera. And you probably would rather, I think, see the preacher preach in person. But make it a priority. Take it'll be I don't know how long how long it'll be, 26 minutes or something like that. Dan Hoflinger will open the word of God and he will teach it. It's an opportunity to hear the word of God. Make it a priority. So tonight we will choose what will be the priority during that time. What are some of the results? What can we expect when we consider other things to be more important than hearing the word of God? Well, worry. Worry is one thing you can expect. It's actually in the text. Look at verse 41, the latter part, verse 41 of chapter 10. Jesus answered and said unto unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Jesus acknowledges Martha's anxiety which was a result of having wrong priorities. If Martha has the right priority here, she's not anxious. It really is as simple as that. Are you ever anxious? I'm never anxious. I don't struggle with that at all. Oh, yes, I am anxious. Sometimes I'm troubled about many things. Sometimes I'm cumbered about. It's just too much to get done. And there's either not enough of me or there's not enough wisdom in me to do it. I need to have the right priority. And that is hearing the word of God. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. Be full of care for nothing. Nothing. God says that. You say, well, my situation is important. And pastor, I understand why some people shouldn't be careful, full of care for those issues that they're struggling with because they're not important. It's kind of an arrogant way to look at things, but God says, no, you're wrong. Actually, 
none of us should be careful, full of care for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. I, I noticed a second result of, or consequence of wrong priorities from in Martha's life, and that is that we start to question the character of God. So we, we are anxious, and now we begin to question God. Look at verse 40, the middle part, verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care? That my sister hath left me to serve alone. What, what does she do here? She comes to Jesus and she says, Curios, Lord, supreme authority of heaven and earth. Don't you care? I mean, you see my situation. Don't you care? And what is she doing? She's questioning the character of God. She's questioning his goodness. She's questioning his mercy. His grace. She's questioning his love. Don't you care? I mean, you see what I'm doing. You see what I'm going through. You see how I'm struggling. Don't you care? It's quite a serious accusation. First Peter 5 and verse 7 tells us, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He does care for you. One of the things, one of the consequences for a wrong, wrong priorities or the wrong priority in our life, in our lives is that we begin to question the character of God. A third result of wrong priorities is resentment. Look at verse 40 again, the middle part. She says it there, my sister hath left me alone to serve. My sister hath left me alone to serve. That's resentment. She literally goes to Jesus and tattletales on her sister. My children do that sometimes. And I feel bad for my children because I'm, I was the oldest in my family, and so I was tattletailed on quite a bit, so I don't have much mercy or compassion for tattletalers. Now, my wife was the youngest, the only girl, so she does have more compassion for tattletalers. I don't. <laughs> but resentment. My sister hath left me to serve alone. We're to be kind one to another, right? Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. A fourth result of wrong priorities, and we'll move along, is coming to conclusions in life without God's direction. Look at verse 40, the very end. Verse 40, the very end. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. He's, she's telling Jesus what he should do. Do you ever do that? Do you ever come to conclusions and you say, well, no, I've never told God what he should do. No, we just launch out without him. We just decide. We're not going to wait anymore. We're not going to look to him anymore. Obviously, he doesn't care about us. This is the fleshly conclusion sometimes that we come to. And this is where Martha was. And why? Because her priority wasn't right. Her priority wasn't right. Martha was all caught up in the bread that perishes. She was worried about the bread that feeds the body, and Mary was, in, it was more into that bread that feeds the soul. And then Martha says, and it's kind of hidden here in the passage, but basically she says, I assume you do understand 
that she's doing nothing. So would you just tell her to tell her to do what she needs to do, what I think she needs to do? And she's here. We have Martha, a wonderful lady. She's gone all the way to the point where she's telling God what to do. Tell her to help me. This is a very bossy lady at this stage. And it all comes because she has a wrong priority. And I ask you this question, what is your priority? And you have some goals, I imagine, in life, some things that are very important to you. Your family is very important to you. I believe that. Church is important to you. Being a witness for Christ is important to you. God is important to you. And he ought to be. But the word of God is the priority. It comes prior. We cannot love God or worship God or fear God as we should. We will not as we should if the word of God is not the priority. Because it is by his word that we know him. It is by his word that we come to love him more. And so there are high, there's a high cost for having wrong priorities. I want to notice secondly and finally that there is a wonderful blessing for having right priorities. There's a wonderful blessing for having right priorities or by having the right priority, I should say. Look at verse 39 in the passage, verse 39. It says, and she, Martha, had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. And the word sat there means to sit down near. In other words, as close as one could possibly get. She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. That doesn't sound like much. That doesn't sound like much. We're, September will be Missions Emphasis Month. We'll have flags from front to back, and we'll have missionaries that will come, and we'll sing songs about missions and about the gospel and about our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, we have an auditorium, and we all we get dressed up, and we come, and we meet as a congregation. We call it church, but this is the church congregating when we come together. That's the church. Sometimes we look at some things and we give them greater applause and we say, wow, the missionaries are wonderful. Or sometimes we say an evangelist, wow, he can really preach. Or we look at a man or, or people and say, wow, aren't they godly? And here we have this woman and Jesus. I'm so glad the word of God highlights this for us because God Almighty in the flesh says to this wonderful woman, Martha, Mary, she sat at, she's sitting at my feet. She's getting as close to me as she can. And what is she doing? She's hearing the word of God. That's the priority. Everything else that we do comes after that. Every other thing that pleases God, that God wants to do in us and through us, overcoming sin in our lives, it comes after hearing the word of God. This is too simple. No, this is too simple. God, tell me something I need to do. We like to applaud men. We like to applaud people and organizations and, and, and structure and, and vision and Greatness. We like to applaud those things. And you know what God does? He boils it down. He says, this one thing is needful. Look again at verse 42. He says it this way, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, 
which shall not be taken away from her. A lot of other things are, are gone. Our health can be here one at one point in our lives and it can be taken away. Our youthfulness is there and then it is gone. It, it flees the scene. Our strength is there for a while and then it is gone. This life is a vapor and, and, and Jesus Christ here says there's one thing that Mary hath chosen. It is needful. It is needful. The one thing is needful for you and it will not be taken away from her. This is huge. So simple. We don't know a whole lot about Mary. We don't know about her temperament. We don't know anything about her pers personality. We aren't told that Mary is an abnormally contemplative person. Because we might come to that conclusion. We might think, well, Mara, or Martha was a servant and Mary was a little on the lazy side and liked to read a lot. The Bible doesn't tell us that at all. Don't read in, we ought not read into it like that. We can't draw any conclusions about these things. All we know about Mary is that when Jesus came to her house, she was listening to the Lord's words seated at her feet. When Jesus came to teach, Mary is there listening. And the word, the verbiage here is in the continual sense. She's just soaking it in. She's listening to it. Then it says that she heard his word. She knew this to be the Lord. She knew this to be her Lord. And Mary's right priority was that she was considered, that she considered hearing the words of God to be more important than anything else. That's what Jesus was highlighting here. And by the way, this is not a parable. This is not an earthly story, a made-up story with a heavenly meaning. This is an actual historical event. There was a woman named Martha who had a wrong priority in this time in her life. And there was a woman named Mary who had the right priority at this time in her life. What are the requirements of the right priority, of having the right priority? Well, Mary sat at Jesus' feet. That was a requirement. Mary was doing something, by the way, that was remarkable for a woman to do in her day. She was seated at Jesus' feet. This was absolutely the best way for Mary to hear Jesus' words. And without spiritualizing this, I believe there are some truths we can learn from Mary's posture. She was willing to stop what she was doing, whatever that was, to sit at Jesus' feet, to hear. Think about that. It's just very simple. Again, we tend to think of Mary, well, she had nothing better to do. You know, she was just sitting around reading or, or talking to somebody. You know, she wasn't much of a worker. That's not what the Bible says. She might have been a very hard worker, very studious. But we learned something from her. She stopped whatever, she, what else, whatever else she was doing. She stopped it to make Jesus' words a priority. And I don't know that Mary, what, what she was doing before Jesus came and began to teach, but whatever it was, she stopped doing it and heard his words. And, and we do know that there were other important things that needed to be done, but Mary considered Jesus' words, his teaching, to be more, imper more important. And if we were just talking about a situation and Jesus was taken out of this narrative, and it was just a story about Martha, who worked hard and served others, and Mary, we might say, well, come on, Martha's... Martha had the right priority. But Jesus actually says, no, Mary had the right priority. What are some things that we sometimes give priority over hearing Jesus' words for? Work? Family? Serving others? Convenience? 
a break. They just need a break. Should we take a break from the word of the words of life? I just need a break. I'm going to watch a movie tonight instead of looking at God's word. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch a movie, but that would be a wrong priority, wouldn't we agree? Well, it was inspiring. I cried. It can't replace the words of God. Convenience, sometimes we give priority over hearing Jesus' words, pleasures, hobbies, and other important things, but not as important. So the requirements of a right priority is that we stop what we're doing to hear the words of God. You've done that this morning. I also noticed another requirement. She was willing to come close to Jesus to hear his words. She was willing to get close to him. Now, the rabbis in Mary's day didn't allow women to get close to the teaching. A woman could learn in the back. A woman could learn in the woman's section. But to come up and be at his feet. Alongside is the verbiage. Close. As close as she could get. In James 4 and verse 8, we're told, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And I believe all of us here would say that we want to be close to God. Do we not need to be close to God during these days in which we're living? We desperately need to be close to God. We need to know his will. We need to know him, his character. We need his direction. We need his guidance. We need to be close to him. We need to know what he wants. The second half of James 8, verse, or verse 8 in chapter 4, tells us how to get close to him. It says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. How do you cleanse your hands? You stop doing what was making your hands dirty in the first place. And you ask God to clean those hands. Hands are just a picture of us, that which defiles us, stop doing what defiles us, and ask him to cleanse us again. Last night as I put the children to bed, I asked them, I said, what do you do when you're a saved person and you sin? And Tori said, well, you go to the person you've wronged and you ask him to forgive you. Okay, good. What else? We talked about 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Have you ever been double-minded? Where you want to serve the Lord, but you want you just want a little bit more of that pleasure? You want to serve the Lord, you want to please him, you want his blessing. You purify your hearts, ye double-minded. This is the work of God, but it has to be the humble heart of a believer who desires God to do the work. Have thine own way, Lord. Psalm 119 and verse 9 tells us, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And it says, By taking heed thereto according to thy word. What is our priority? In Matthew 23 and verse 37, we read about how Jesus lamented the fact that his chosen people of Israel wouldn't hear his word. Listen to this. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets... 
and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. You know, Mary's position indicates her intense interest in his teaching and Jesus' teaching and her willingness to obey. She was hanging on every word. She got as close as she could get so as not to miss a word. She was literally riveted to the most powerful, the most clear, truthful teacher who has ever spoken on this, this earth. What is our priority? Well, there are some results of right priorities, and there's really one. Verse 42, the very last statement, he says, which shall not be taken away. These things, that good part, the one thing that is needful will never be taken away. You know, the word of God produces, what the word of God produces can never be taken away. Victory over sin in your marriage will happen because you make God's word a priority and it can never be taken away. You will not be married in heaven, but the benefits of walking in the spirit and obeying the word of God can never be taken away. It's eternal. In the early 1700s, two men started families. One man's name was Max Juke. And the other man's name was Jonathan Edwards. Juke was not a Christian and he lived an ungodly life. He married a woman whose character was similar to his. A study of his descendants, over a thousand of them, about 1,026 at the time of this record, demonstrates the following results. 300 of Juke's descendants died prematurely. 67 died of syphilis. 190 were public prostitutes. 100 were alcoholics. 280 lived in abject poverty. 140 received government aid. 150 were criminals. Seven were murderers. All total, Juke's descendants cost the state more than $1.3 million in those days. Jonathan Edwards was a godly man who married a godly woman. 729 of their descendants were studied. 300 were ministers. 65 were college professors. 13 were university presidents. 60 authored books. Three were congressmen. One was vice president of the United States. All that the word of God will produce can never be taken away. Psalm 19 speaks of its value. It says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now he summarizes or speaks about the value of God's word. He says, more to be desired are they, the words of God, than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. What the word of God produces can never, 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 never be taken away. Martha, I think, was a wonderful, godly lady. I really do. She was a friend of Jesus. But she had wrong priorities at that time in her life. Mary had right 
the right priority. I don't know where you are right now. It's possible, I know this in my own life, it's possible to have right, the right priority during a time in life and then to get distracted by the things of this world and things of this life. To be overwhelmed sometimes with just the busyness of life and begin to have wrong priorities. I'm asking you this morning where your priority is. What is your priority? It must be the word of God. Make it your priority. Let's pray and then we'll sing.